Hello, my name is Kyle Leon Henderson. And I'm Father Ian Elliot Davis, Canon of the Diocese of Los Angeles, Dean of the Incarnation Deanery, and Rector of St. Thomas the Apostle Hollywood. But you can call me Father Davis or Canon Davis. Welcome to Theologically Speaking. Hello, and welcome to Theologically Speaking. I'm Kyle Leon Henderson, and I'm here again with Father Ian Elliott Davis. Hello. How are you? Good afternoon. I'm doing very well. Well, this is actually our last episode of season one, so we couldn't think of a better topic than healing. Healing. Season one comes to its fruition in healing. Yes. I mean, and and that's so... I don't know. It just it seemed to fit when we when we discussed it because we had talked about you know um, the the theology of suffering and Mm -hmm. I mean it's hard to think about the year that we've had without thinking of suffering and hope for healing. Yes, we've been through an immense amount of pain and heartache and worry and fear. Mm -hmm. Um, Fear has been one of the most um, predominant emotions that I've noticed over the last, well, four years or so. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot of it's tied up with politics and the body politic as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and two, I don't, I don't think, I, and I don't think that is as a bold statement as people might think it is. People, people think when you say, well, the last four years, they might read into it because of just, the nature of everything going on in the last four years, but that really mm-hmm. is what happened on both sides of our two party system in America. Right. The last four years have been so focused on politics on both sides mm-hmm. in a way that I, I mean, I can't remember it's ever been, being that focused. It's been an pass, just a total, total unwillingness to cooperate or even to see from anyone else's mm-hmm. point of view. And that's true on on both sides. Yeah, mm-hmm. I see that. And it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast a few weeks ago who somebody had said that our political parties have become our ethnicity and our culture. Right. And so mm. you betray your culture. That's 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 shameful. Mm-hmm. And so now we've attached our politics to our culture and so it feels like betraying mm-hmm. your culture and it feels shameful to give up that fight mm-hmm. and try to concede and try to um try to find communion with uh, each other. Yep. It feels like yep. you're betraying yourself. And I I don't know I don't know that there's anybody in at least America because I haven't really talked to a whole lot of people worldwide. I have a few friends, but I don't know anybody who wouldn't say it feels like we need to heal from this year, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. especially this year. Yeah. Theologically speaking, where do you begin to heal? Mm -hmm. Is, is it tied up with identity politics as well? Some of this stuff, the, the confusion that's around and people, uh, desperately trying to cling on by their fingernails onto what little scraps they can they can hold on to. It feels like that for yeah. me, definitely. I mean, that just yeah. It it when you say that, it's like well, of course, yeah. It feels 
Like that's where mm. we're at. And I don't, I, I think for me, um, I like this week has been new developments for me. Um, mm. I, I, as I was telling you earlier, mm-hmm. when I came in, I feel like mm-hmm. I've kind of hit rock bottom in mm-hmm. a sense because my father passed away two and a half months ago. Mm-hmm. And then I actually lost a couple of friends in a, mm-hmm. a tough decision to cut them loose because they were toxic. And so that was on right. the heels of that. And then this week I actually lost my job. Mm-hmm. So I feel like for me, it's hard to stop fighting. And I think I need to stop fighting to mm. begin to heal. And I, I wonder, I, I feel like that's probably a lot of what other people are feeling too. You've got to just mm-hmm. surrender yeah. a bit to, to what is. The, 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 the classic five stages aren't there mm-hmm. to, to that healing process. Um, there's the denial, the complete, you know, oh no, I... I'm going to carry on doing what I've always done. I'm not going. I'm going to ignore whatever mm-hmm. the situation is. Uh, anger, bargaining, depression, and then finally, acceptance. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the theory of it. It's all very well to talk about the theory. It's uh, the practicalities, the actual living, living those out. Um, in one's experience and um, trying to to get a a hold of of what's going on, trying to grasp what what on earth is the direction that I'm traveling in. Mm-hmm. Um, that's to do with healing and and the therapy that goes along with any um, kind of malady that we may maybe suffering or experiencing. And it's interesting, the words that I've got here that are uh, related to healing and soundness are therapeutic and alleviate, assuage, relieve, palliate, ameliorate, ease, help. And immediately that you said that you lost your job, I wanted to sort of alleviate your suffering mm-hmm. and your pain and and do something about it. Mm-hmm. And that and for me that's that's so appreciative, but I remember coming back from Alabama when my dad died and I remember telling people that my dad died. And and whenever I've I've had a lot of bad news about myself mm. this year to give to other people and I almost didn't want them to give me any kind of alleviation. Like I wanted to Mm. deal with this myself. Like I'm like, I don't need, I need to, you know, like I said, I felt like I needed to fight for this. And I was like, if I just try a little harder, I'm going to get to that top of that mountain. And it, you know, it's like, maybe I'm not like, maybe I need to stop fighting to find, figure out what it is, is God's message. Mm hmm. Is how I is where is how I interpreted right. it, but but also in this year there actually is so much physical healing that needs to happen mm. with a world pandemic. Yes. So I think at this point yeah. we all know people personally who have at least had the pandemic yes. or had the had COVID nineteen. Yeah. Many people know people who died from it. Thankfully, I know many people who've survived it. Mm. So oh, that's good. 
what would you say is like something that would give people hope from our th- our theology? Sure. Um, wholeness, the sense that healing and health doesn't always mean that one is going to get better. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something that I, I've come to realize during my lifetime is that um, being a whole person, being a complete person, a child of God made in God's image does not mean that I have to be six foot tall, blonde haired and mm-hmm. built, you know, like a big muscle queen. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but just, just who I am, who and what I am mm-hmm. and living into that. Um, the glory of God, said one of the great saints, is a human being fully alive, completely alive and aware and alert. What would that look like, a person who's fully al- fully alive? Somebody who's living life to, to its, its fullest extent mm-hmm. and uh, not succeeding... Not succeeding, but um, actually fulfilling all the different departmental bits and pieces of us mm-hmm. um, emotionally, um, in terms of employment and work and job and purpose and direction. Um, uh, I think that it's it's about being able to to say yes I can fully own this that or mm-hmm. I feel hesitant to just keep using my own life as the test subject for our podcast but and I I swear that I'm not you know making it up to this you know okay. to give it's okay if this turns into a therapy <laughs> session <laughs> Well, if, okay. if my life is linked to this podcast, I need our first episode of season two to be thriving and abundant. <laughs> so, <laughs> The ancients thought that health and healing and wholeness was to do with the four humors. Um, and they were blood, yellow bile, black bile, and phlegm, from which we get... Um, uh, sanguine, choleric, melancholic, and phlegmatic. <laughs> and you had to have all of those four in balance, and they're, they're each it's water, fire, blood, and earth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they're the four elements that, uh, that they imagined had to be held in, in complete um, balance with each other, poised, and a person with each of those balanced was a truly healthy and uh, whole person. Mm. So that's, that's from, I mean, we're talking about Hippocrates, who's like two or three centuries before Christ. So that's ancient Greek medicine. But that's the foundation of, uh, of modern medical science. Would it be appropriate to assume that the principles of spirituality, though, 
you know, Hippocrates coming two to three centuries before Christ, but the sp- the principles of spirituality have always been true. Mm-hmm. Re- before Christ, after Christ, through Christ, mm-hmm. and beyond, they've always yes. been true. So yeah. that might there's something to that. That life is a gift. I think is possibly the most important realization that anyone can make and that gratitude is the appropriate attitude mm-hmm. for each of us to have and that um, that life is a gift. Mm-hmm. There's a givenness for each of us. It's not a reward. It's not a punishment. It's not, oh, you've been so good, here you are, well done. Mm-hmm. This is your prize. But every aspect of life is gift. It's given to us by other people, by God, by everyone around us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think that's something that I'm having to come to terms with in my own life. And I, and I, I think a lot of people probably are out there in the world right now. You know, this rapid succession of moments, like big moments have happened in my life. I, my father mm. died. I lost mm. some friends to to a choice that for myself, and I, I lost a job. And I felt like I was thinking, this is happening to me right now. But then I had to come to terms with, this is now my story. Mm-hmm. I didn't expect it. I didn't solicit it. Mm-hmm. But it was given upon me mm-hmm. from, you know... From circumstances, uh, uh, the perfect combination of circumstances caused these things to now become part of my story. And now what is how I've been kind of seeing it. And do you do you feel that there are any regrets that there are any? I do, because. Mm. The the last one, the losing of my job was an, me ignoring my own needs. Oh, uh. Right. My, you know, my, I was ignoring my own needs to, for the, for a very instant solution for something. So, Uh, which makes me think about one of the most important aspects um, in healing is caring for the carers. Mm -hmm. So, caring for someone who is actually caring for someone else supporting someone who is caring for someone else. Mm-hmm. Even caring for someone who is charging off and doing 10 days work in a row mm-hmm. without stopping. Yeah. You know? And I wonder, would you say that in hardships, like we've all seen this year, mm. is the healing... Does it begin when you realize that God has a purpose? That might be me fishing for some good news mm. <laughs> in in life, but um, I th- I think m- my fear there would be: mm-hmm. How does one discover God's purpose? How does one know when this is God's purpose rather than somebody else's purpose? Mm-hmm. Um, because There are many opportunities to do many, many different things. But sometimes it's not always obvious which is the correct option, Mm -hmm. which is the good option. 
sometimes we have to make compromise. We we simply have to. Um, that and that's true in politics as much as in in faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to compromise, and living one's life is one of the great bargaining games um, that we engage in. The psalmist, for example, in in the Hebrew scriptures in the Old Testament, it's very obvious. He's bargaining with God over and over again. He says, I shall sing to the Lord with all my voice. I will praise God if he brings me to Zion and to Jerusalem then shall I praise the Lord. Then will I give thanks and glory in my God. Mm-hmm. Um, it, the psalmist is profoundly down to earth and is always um, giving very human reactions to to very difficult situations and circumstances. Something I always say is we set our principles and we set our spiritual you know, morales for mm-hmm. ourselves and that we live them when things are good. But sometimes when things go bad and we need to, that's when you need them the most and that's when right. you are quickest to abandon them. Right, right. So, Isn't there a terrible irony there? Mm-hmm. That's when we need them the most. Because it's, it's the principles. It's very easy to have gratitude when everything's going exceptionally yeah. well. Well, sure, thank yeah. you so much. But you got to dig through all the bad to find mm-hmm. the gratitude when things are just mm-hmm. awful. So. Yeah. When things are going very badly, when things are going incredibly off kilter, to try and maintain some kind of gratitude then is incredibly difficult. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, you know, occasionally you see the blade of grass breaking through the concrete sidewalk mm-hmm. and you realize yes there is life underneath all of that rubble and just to say it out loud i guess and to know for sure is it necessary gratitude i th- i think to get a proper perspective mm-hmm. yes uh, because not only is it necessary not only is it necessary it's probably possibly the central most necessary Mm -hmm. because i I, things pop up in christianity and in many of your sermons that just they strike me they seem counterintuitive like you you've said i remember one um sermon you had delivered a while back that you said there is it's okay to be angry and you can even find purpose in anger or Mm -hmm. it's okay to be disappointed it's okay to be angry with God in, in moments of, mm-hmm. of trial. And so that's why I asked, is, is it necessary to be gratitude? Because it seems like it's okay to do these things that we think are not okay sometimes, mm-hmm. that we've been taught. And don't be angry. Don't mm-hmm. be, you know, combative. But gratitude's the one that can't budge, huh? I think gratitude... Well, first of all, I go back further 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 back one's relationship with god is is that mm-hmm. it's a relationship and a relationship um there is back and forth to and fro give and take uh, all the time mm-hmm. um and i uh, 
one of the images I have of God is a, uh, as a parent, as a father or a mother. And um, those, the characteristics attendant upon God are not necessarily uh, anger or judgment or wrath, but rather hurt, vulnerability yeah. and pain. And that we hurt God, it comes as a terrible shock to some people, but we can inflict terrible pain on God's heart through our selfishness, through our self-centeredness, through the simply by ignoring the presence of God in, in the world. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think gratitude has to be in there, yeah. um, part of the, the mix. Um, Something that, uh, that I was thinking about today as I was on my way here. Last night I was having dinner with my partner and he, I asked him, I said, well, tomorrow we're talking about healing. And I said, do you have any thoughts? I'd like, you know, get a, you know, we mm -hmm. were always asking for mm -hmm. the questions on this show and mm -hmm. telling people to, you know, have their input. And I asked him, I said, do you have any thoughts? And he said, you know, it's, it's funny that I can't think of any instance of spiritual healing or emotional healing in the Bible just off the top of my head, he said, I only think of physical healing oh. in the Bible when Jesus is healing the lepers and healing the sick and right. touch the hem of Jesus's, you know, cloaks and you okay. will have healing. So, well, the one that, I mean, the first one that immediately springs to my mind is the woman of Samaria, the woman at the well. Um, that's a, a case of, of healing of her emotional um, there's the most brilliant in the fourth gospel, St. John's gospel, there's the most brilliant back and forth discussion between the two. Um, Jesus says to her, give me something to drink. Give me, I want a glass of water from this well. And she is not sure what this is all about because he should not be there. She should not be there. It's the wrong time of day, and they're the wrong ethnicity. They belong to differing tribes, if you like. And they shouldn't be talking, a man and a woman alone. Mm -hmm. And it's a, a shocking um, tale if one looks at all the cultural aspects of what's going on. And she says, uh, you know, you don't have anything to draw the water up from the well with um, because he says that he can give her a drink. He can slake her thirst mm -hmm. um, with living water. And she doesn't, she, she's not getting it. She's not understanding what's going on. So Jesus says to her, bring... Bring your husband. Bring your husband, and she says, "Well, I'm, 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 I'm not married." Um, and Jesus says, "You have spoken rightly, because the man to whom you are now married is not your husband. You've been married five times, and it's a great back and forth banter between the two, and the ultimate." 
part of healing in that encounter because St. John's Gospel doesn't have miracles. It has signs. It has semea. Um, and the ultimate meaning or one of the ultimate meanings of that sign is that Jesus has a thirst to slake her thirst in her finding satisfaction at this well, drawing water. She will also then partake because she has spoken to the Lord of life. Um, she will partake of living water. And so she rushes back off to the village, the Samaritan village that she's from, and she brings people to meet Jesus. It's the first time in the New Testament that people are brought to conversion. Mm -hmm. And she is the first, if you like, apostle in a way. She bears witness to the presence of Christ. And that's that whole sign, Samea, is about the healing of her mind. She shouldn't be at the well because she's been ostracized. Mm -hmm. She's been shunned by the rest of the community. So she's out there in the heat of the day when no one else would be there mm -hmm. because she maybe there's shame, maybe there's horror, maybe she doesn't want to see the neighbors or, or the people who might sit in judgment on her. And so... Um, Kindness changed her. Kindness being being open and ready to listen to mm -hmm. her. Because that's always what Jesus does in the New Testament. He, he always asks or inquires. He always wants to know what's the situation, what's going on here, who is who and what is what. Um, in St. Matthew's Gospel, there's the most tremendous account where um, Jesus says to the man who was blind, um, what do you want from me? And the blind man says, I want to see you. I want to see Jesus. And he is healed and he, he regains his sight. Just a few verses later, Christ asks the apostles, the disciples, the inner band, St. Matthew, um, St. John, James and Peter, the, the inner band of disciples. He asks them what they want. And what do they say? We want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God. We want to sit one at your right hand and one at your left. They've completely missed the point. The blind man mm -hmm. had the real insight. Ironically, right. he had insight and vision. He wanted to see Jesus. That's the right answer. Mm -hmm. But I want to be glorious in your kingdom. Well, and, that's the wrong answer. And that seems like such a profound, profoundly appropriate parable for where we are in life right now, mm -hmm. in this world where people want the glory, they want to win, they want, mm. the, they, you know, it feels like there can't be, you can't win, or the message is you can't win unless someone else loses in this world right, right. now, it feels like. And, and that's horribly mean and cruel mm -hmm. 
and ultimately, uh, because it's selfish, ultimately it's self-destructive as mm-hmm. well. And unsustainable. Totally unsustainable. For, for a whole system for the planet to, to abide by. Right. So, the, the whole thing about wearing masks is not to protect the person wearing the mask. Mm-hmm. It's to protect everyone else mm-hmm. around. And that, that lesson, for some blessed reason for some blessed reason, doesn't seem to have sunk in with people that I'm wearing this mask not for my own good. I'm wearing it for your good. And see, back in Alabama, I'll, I'll, put, some, I'll put some arbitrary people on the spot. I won't you know, give names or whatever, but I, I do have people that I was in association with when I was there. It did sink in, and they didn't care. They said, well, why should I wear it? It doesn't help me. Right. And I thought, how sad. Right. Like, that's just such a sad attitude to have, Mm -hmm. knowing that if there's nothing in it for me, I'm not Mm going to do it. Mm -hmm. So, I, you know, I hope that you're right, that Mm -hmm. the reason most people aren't wearing masks of the people who aren't is because they just don't understand they don't get it right. because yeah. i have encountered people who do get it and don't care right and that's it's eerie and chilling to well, know to, today the day that we're recording this is the solemnity of christ the king and the gospel passage that was set for this morning is um the king coming and separating the sheep from the goats and the goats at his left hand and the sheep at his right hand and he says to the sheep Um, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you, for I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was in prison, you visited me. I was naked, and you clothed me. And they will say, the righteous will say to the king, when when was it that we saw you naked? Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't remember that. (laughs) Uh, uh, When were you thirsty and we gave you something to drink? Um, Can't remember doing that either. Um, and uh, the king says, inasmuch as you did it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did it to me, and to the wicked, he says the inverse, of course, uh, depart from me, I know you are not, because when I was naked, you did not clothe me, when I was in prison, you did not visit me, mm-hmm. when I was thirsty, you did not give me anything to drink, and they will equally protest, when was it we didn't give you something to drink? When was it we didn't clothe you? And the king will say, when you did not do it to the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you did not do it to me. That's an indictment of American politics, if mm-hmm. ever I have heard one. Yeah. Um, because there are just too many businessmen in politics. It's not about being statesmanlike mm-hmm. or making decisions for the good of community. It's about making damn money. Yeah. And that's, that is wrong. That is evil. And I think my frustration in American politics is that you, for you to say that that's what's wrong, you know, Everybody agrees that that's what's wrong, but everybody thinks that they're doing it correctly. All the voters, all the politicians, everybody thinks, like, I've done what I'm supposed to do. It's all of them that hasn't done 
right. they were supposed to do. And it's hard mm. because, you know, everybody, I guess everybody can think of examples where they have done what they were supposed to do in their own life, but mm. we endorse people who endorse things that are not of that nature. And it, it is, it's a big, it's a big quagmire, I guess. Well, it's, <laughs> is what it feels like. Yeah. Big companies who are able to lobby lobbyists, I mean, to pay PR companies to talk up your brand, your label, whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, so that you can get the the necessary legislation through to enable your company to prosper even more. That's that's not politics. That's mm-hmm. business, and that's just plain wrong. And also, you know, I think about how people are unwilling to do, unwilling to sacrifice. They, they want mm. the, the hungry to be fed. They want the, mm-hmm. you know, the naked to be clothed, you know, mm. in, that, in that symbolism. But not if it means I'm going to have to take off one of my layers or if I'm going right. to have to withhold myself from one of the servings at my dinner table. I don't want, I'll, I'll, you know, if I have enough, if I have more than enough, I'll give just a little. The- but... Right. I'm not going to share. That's just not going to happen. This this touches on a very raw nerve for me because I'm a religious person and I believe in salvation. I believe in the kingdom of God. But I believe I will not go into the kingdom of God until I have ensured that everyone that I know and love and come into contact with gets there before I do. There's a sense, it's the old Buddhist teaching of the bodhisattva, that the bodhisattvas were, they went through reincarnation, incarnation, 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 and every time they came back as a higher form of of being. Um, what is bodhisattva? It's the, the Buddhist name for a saint. Mm. And they'd come back, come back, come back, and they'd gradually evolve, in inverted mm-hmm. commas, until they reached the gates of nirvana, of paradise, when they could break out of the cycle of birth, life, and death, birth, life, and death, birth, life, and death. They could break out of that as they reached the gates of nirvana, and they would say, no, I will go back to being a rock to bring more people to this point of nirvana. I will go back into the cycle. I will go back and be the lowest. And that's part of the teaching of Christ in the New Testament, is that he takes the lowest point that there is in the again in the fourth gospel in saint john the incarnation of the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god starts at the very apex of creation and becomes incarnate and becomes a human being and becomes one with us 
and then takes physically the lowest place when he washes the feet of the disciples. Mm -hmm. He stoops down, and that's when St. Peter remonstrates and says, you shall not do this to me, you can't do this to me. You can't wash my feet, I should be washing your feet. And Christ says, no, I must wash your feet. And it's a symbol Mm-hmm. of how we are to treat other people, how we are to treat one another, how we are to put other people before us. Love God with all our heart and spirit and soul and love our neighbor as ourself. And we can't love our neighbor unless we love ourselves mm-hmm. as well. But loving ourselves is intrinsically bound up with loving the neighbor. And it, it feels like that is that's where we should want to to turn our gaze into that notion again. It feels like if we can find a way to just refocus on that, that is the beginning of a bit of healing. Mm-hmm. Um, for any yeah. of us who, as as a, you know, a spiritual man and a man of the cloth. You know, I, you know, I do seek answers from someone who has done mm. s- more studying than I, where, what would, what would you say I, I, or any of us who are suffering and want to begin healing? What, what can we do today to just sort of break that cycle that we seem to be in right now and, and begin the healing? I think we start with listening, mm. um, I read some words this morning that I heard a friend of mine quote from a poem, uh, John O'Donohue, who, the words, these are the words, they're simple and they're they're straightforward, but they've got hidden depth. This is the time to be slow, Lie low to the wall until the bitter weather passes. Try as best you can not to let the wire brush of doubt scrape from your heart all sense of yourself and your hesitant light. If you remain generous, time will come good and you will find your feet on fresh pastures of promise where the air will be kind and blushed with beginning. I mean, you always know how to find the person who wrote it down to say it perfectly. I mean, that's it. I love that, blushed with beginning. That's... Do you, do you remember the first time anyone ever asked you on a date mm-hmm. and you blushed? And, and I love that, that little phrase there at the end. You will find your feet on fresh pastures of promise where the air will be kind. Mm-hmm. The air will be kind, not carry this damn COVID-19. And that was something, that was my first, it, within the first prayer that I had when I, you know, finally the other shoe dropped and I lost my job. 
I was able to see possibility in the fact that I need to find a new way now in the necessity of making money. I have to find a new way. And I thought that's possible. Like mm-hmm. things are possible. And that's, that's it. The blush of a new beginning. And I, I hope that it's not just me <laughs> grasping at the healing, but it actually is a healing that people in this world will start to feel, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and I, I think you can, attest to that because you, you do talk to people and you hear from people and, Mm. and everything. And I I hope that's what you're hearing. At least the little whispers of healing to begin. Glimmers, glimpses Mm -hmm. of possibility. Yeah. Yes, I do. Well, this is our last episode before we go into the holiday season. This is our right. last episode of season one. Um, I just want to thank you for this great experiment of a show that we've started thank you. with oh, our, thank our you. executive producer, Jeffrey Clark Tosca. Yes. Um, and I hope that everybody has, you know, heard something that resonates between us and, you know, the lay person and the so, man so. of the cloth and, and I hope that, you know, in our next season, because there will be a second season. Season two, just like The Crown, <laughs> season two. So I hope that people hear that and they want to come and they want to join this conversation and yeah. and everything. And I think our season two will begin sometime around Advent. I, I hope everybody listening to these shows will submit their questions, submit topics they want to hear about. Um, I hope you'll go to the St. Thomas the Apostle Hollywood Facebook page and, you know, study about what we're doing here at our church Mm -hmm. as we continue on as best we can and the ways that we know how Mm -hmm. with the given circumstances. Is there anything you'd like to leave our listeners with as they go into a coming winter? I'd like to say thank you um, and how much... I appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule and coming and talking. And um, I enjoy that immensely. As do I. Thank you. Well, until we meet again during Advent. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Theologically Speaking is a production of Church Nerds Media. Executive producers of the show are Jeffrey Clark Tosca, Father Ian Elliott Davis, and Kyle Leon Henderson. Associate producer is Ed Tosca. Theologically Speaking is mixed and edited by Kyle Leon Henderson. For more information about St. Thomas the Apostle Hollywood, visit our website at www.stthomashollywood.org. Follow us on Instagram at stthomashollywood or visit our Facebook page. If you love this show, don't forget to tell your friends, rate, and review our show. It helps even more people find us. And finally, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.